the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson. Thanks for joining us this week. On the Healthcare Wrap, we talk about the new digital transformation of healthcare that's happening right here, right now, right in front of us. This new digital transformation is very exciting because the healthcare experience is finally becoming about consumers and innovation. If you want to be a part of it, then this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you will be one of the ones leading meaningful change. Each week, we speak with leaders who are part of this movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced and the backstage strategies to stay ahead of the curve in your marketing operations and technology. This is episode 132. We're now in season four, which is all about digital innovation, where digital intersects other disciplines that have huge implications for marketing, but aren't necessarily considered MarTech. Things like telemedicine, voice, and machine learning. One resource we provide to help you become an agent of change is the Shift.Health Content Network. I know I mention it nearly every week, but Shift.Health is an influential thought leadership platform that's growing like crazy. We currently include 25 podcasts and video series, and there are more on the way, believe me. I'm excited to announce our most recent podcast to join us, The No Normal Show, hosted by Chris Bevelo and Chase Kleckner from Revive Health. The No Normal Show shares the latest industry trends, research, and stories from those within and outside of the industry to help health system marketers navigate the no normal successfully. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go to shift.health, go see our member podcasts and video series. Everything's free and available on demand. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week where I'll react to Press Ganey's recent acquisitions and the opportunities that it illuminates for MarTech vendors. Then we've got Ben Dillon back in the house for a deep dive into the healthcare digital marketing trends survey. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. The healthcare MarTech plot thickens. Last week, Press Ganey announced their acquisition of Doctor.com and a majority stake in Binary Fountain, which they claim now gives them the largest healthcare consumerism platform in the industry. The press release points to the immediate disruption of the MarTech industry, saying, quote, The COVID-19 crisis radically disrupted the healthcare industry and altered consumer behavior. The result was massive growth in telehealth services, with Press Ganey administering more than 15 million telemedicine surveys year-to-date, coupled with more than 71% of patients seeking physician reviews online and 70,000 health-related Google searches every minute. These fundamental shifts have escalated the need for healthcare providers to enhance and streamline the online healthcare customer experience, unquote. I have two reactions to this move from Press Ganey on top of my congratulations. 
First, I expect there will be more consolidation in the MarTech space. Yes, because of pandemic-induced contraction in the market, but also because buyers, specifically marketing and digital teams, continue to learn that a glut of siloed point solutions neither provides the type of digital experience that healthcare consumers demand, nor is a practical tech stack to build and manage. The ideal digital experience is sticky, easy, and pervasive, and is fueled by integrated data systems that were barely imaginable a decade ago. I think it's safe to say that everyone has learned in recent years that this is an increasingly complex component of digital transformation for health systems. Second, it leads me to ask, who has the greater challenge now? And I'd actually say healthcare buyers, aka the aforementioned digital and marketing teams at health systems and hospitals, those who live and die by the MarTech platforms that they decide on. In my former life, I built up a hospital digital marketing team that was built specifically for the purpose of implementing tech platforms and data science strategies. For a time, traditional digital marketing tasks such as web content management and social media management didn't even fall under our team because we had our hands full choosing, testing, and implementing a tech stack almost from scratch. We spent a considerable amount of time wading through marketing content from vendors to find actual answers to our actual questions. So fast forward to now. If you're a vendor, you want my advice? Be the guide for those buyers today. Create real relationships. Make your content next level. Resist the urge to fall back to the status quo of sales collateral that's faintly disguised as branded content. The time has come and gone for the white papers with titles like Six Things to Look For in Your Data Management Platform. I always harken back to the very first initial bedrock foundational principle of content marketing, which is to deliver value consistently over time without any expectation in return. As more movement happens in the tech vendor space, buyers will need more help to navigate to the best solutions. As a vendor, this is both your challenge and your opportunity. It's now or possibly never. And that's the flavor of the Week. Okay. Hey, listen, I've got Ben Dillon back in the house. Ben's the chief strategy officer and co-owner of Geonetric. Geonetric's a website and marketing solutions agency that's highly involved in the healthcare digital marketing space. And Ben's a personal friend and I always enjoy catching up with him. So Ben, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show again. Always a pleasure. I enjoyed right before we hit record how you and I were going back and forth with kind of who has the wackiest weather lately between the Midwest and the Southwest and and I think that we didn't even get to wildfires. And so, you know, with all the, with everything going on in our, in our country, I'm just glad to hear you are safe. Your family's doing safe. Your, your family's doing okay. You're safe. And, you know, just glad to hear that you're out there and you're alive and you're doing okay. Likewise to you. It has been, it has been a year. <laughs> that is for sure. I think that's about all we can say about it these days. No other qualifiers. So with that, i tell you what, Ben, I, it was a joy for us to have you on recently as we were kind of previewing the survey and the research that your team has done. And now, thankfully, we're sitting on the other side of that and the survey is done. You've had a lot of participation in it. And we're talking about the Healthcare Digital Marketing Trends Survey which is now in its 10th edition, and lots of stuff in there, lots to dig into. So let's dive right into our rap battle because I want to dive deep today. Rap battle! Rap battle is where we challenge the status quo in healthcare marketing. 
And we've got a lot of info for you today. Ben's got some really interesting stories. I think more than anything, Ben, you've got some some stories of what the data is telling us. So I'm just going to turn over to you here. Maybe we start with either one of the bigger takeaways or one of the bigger surprises, wherever you want to go first. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, as we went into the research this year, we couldn't step in without giving a lot of thought to COVID and, and the pandemic crisis that's hit uh, everywhere, but certainly has been a really unique event for healthcare and trying to understand what that's meaning for the people that we survey, which are digital marketers focused on healthcare and the organizations that they work for. So, you know, we looked at a bunch of things specifically in the realm of COVID, uh, as well as, you know, just as we looked at a lot of the questions that we ask in pretty much the same way year after year, looking at you know, what's different this year that maybe because of this pandemic and the shutdowns and everything else that's been happening here over the course uh, of the year. Uh, there were a couple of things that we snuck in actually right at the 11th hour, right before we, uh, we launched data collection and really reflecting on some research that we were seeing elsewhere in healthcare where they were looking at frontline staff and clinical staff and big concerns about brain drain, big concerns about people burning out through this crisis and you know maybe being willing to see the crisis through, but uh, lots of folks indicating, hey, I'm going to get through this and then I am done with healthcare. We hadn't seen any of that for, again, for this group of people that we do research with, that, that we're, you know, we're looking at who are doing marketing and digital marketing in particular within healthcare. And so we asked some questions looking at you know, stress for these folks and, and the answer of course is yes like people in our space have been feeling a lot of that stress uh, more than half of respondents saying that their uh, job related stress was much higher than what they normally experience but fortunately that doesn't appear to be gearing up to translate into an exodus of talent. We only had 3% of folks saying that they're leaving healthcare now, another 3% saying that uh, they're going to leave when the pandemic passes. So, you know, maybe 6% of people looking to turn there. And actually, we had 8% of respondents say they were less likely to leave healthcare now than before. So, seeing how marketing and communications has really impacted both their organization and I think the health of the community throughout this crisis has actually bonded a lot of folks in our disciplines to healthcare in a way that maybe they weren't before this all came to happen. We looked at some other elements of, of the crisis as well. So we looked a lot at how digital marketing and digital transformation initiatives were being impacted by all this stuff going on. We've been hearing again, anecdotally, we work with, you know, many, many healthcare organizations across the country. You know, we were hearing some organizations saying that they were putting things on hold because of budgets and, and other constraints. We saw other organizations indicating, hey, like this is kind of lighting a fire under our senior leadership about what digital can do for us. We wanted to get a better sense nationally of what was going on. And, and nationally, I think we, we got kind of a similar answer, roughly similar groups saying, hey, our organization has delayed digital marketing or digital transformation initiatives. We've canceled some of these initiatives. We have a roughly equal set that's saying, you know what, we are pushing on the gas, we're going faster, we're increasing some investment here. Uh, and actually a decent number that said, you know, some of both, right? You know, we're, we're adding and removing maybe some different prioritization going on within there as well. And so I think it's a good reminder to us that this has hit different organizations across the country in very different ways. And I think we, we say that and we, we look at, you know, 
case counts and the number of beds filled with COVID cases and those kinds of things. But also financially, some organizations are taking much bigger hits than others. Some were able to cushion the blow much more with telehealth than other organizations were. Uh, and frankly, the way that organizations are responding to this is that we're coming out of the crisis. And again, a lot of the data collection here was in June and July, as many healthcare organizations were opening up and bringing patients back in again. Some are just sort of cutting everywhere and cost cutting is the strategy of the day. Some are being maybe more discerning or more strategic, cutting here, you know, trying to save costs here, investing in some other areas in order to rebound in different ways. And it's a very, there's not one solution that every organization across the country is applying and they're not feeling the same pain in exactly the same way either. The COVID stuff we also saw play out in a bunch of other ways throughout the data. And again, you know, we've asked many of these questions year after year after year. And so when we see some significant shifts there, it tells us something, right? We're, we saw a lot less redesigns of websites that are underway right now. And we have twice as many organizations planning redesigns right now than are doing redesigns. And again, I think it's that pumping the brakes thing. When senior leadership is, you know, 60 hours a week on crisis communications and everybody is all hands on deck dealing with some of these other things, you just don't have the bandwidth to take on those kinds of major initiatives. So a lot of organizations put things off, delayed things, maybe stopped things if they were early in the process there. But that doesn't mean that the need has gone away. That doesn't mean that they're not going to want to do those things. So we saw twice as many organizations planning redesigns than we're actually in process with those right now. And we're going to, I think, see a lot of that activity into Q4 and Q1 of next year really start to kick off. We also look at a bunch of strategic topics that I, I think, you know, we saw some indications of some of these shifts going on as well. We look at you know goals and priorities of the organization, what's important to the success of digital marketing in the coming year, things like that. And while a lot of that list was looked very much like it has in past years, patient acquisition has jumped to the top of the list and by a really wide margin. And that's not, again, to say that any of the other priorities that organizations had were any less important, but filling schedules was far and away the most important thing for digital marketing success. And again, it's been, you know, important in the past, but not not the most important and certainly not by the margin that we saw here. So again, June, July timeframe for collecting data, reopening things, certainly at that moment in time, this was probably the most important thing. But I think we're going to see a lot of focus there going forward again over the next year using these tools, these channels to continue to make sure that patients are coming in the door and engaging. And of course, we saw some other things like telehealth percolating to the top of the list where they've never been of that level of stated importance in the past because they they just they weren't a thing in, in the same way that they've become here in 2020. Another area that we dug into a little bit, actually, because of things that we were seeing from the crisis was intranets. So this has been a, a crisis where communications has been really critical and certainly communications to the community and all the public facing stuff, but also employee communications, internal communications has become really, really important to the success of organizations navigating this thing. And so we wanted to look at how organizations' intranets were really supporting them through that. I'm wondering how these things kind of played out on that side of things. My favorite takeaway on the intranet side of things was that uh, the better people rated their intranet, the more likely it was that it was owned by marketing. You know, across the board, ISIT tends to own the largest group of intranets. I think that's been pretty common over the years. 
you know, we have some ownership by, you know, HR, corporate com, those kinds of things. But for the group of top intranets, 75% of those were run by marketing and it run, ran in a pretty visibly correlated way. As we stepped up the list of my intranets a little better, my intranets a little better, the percent of those that were run by marketing got larger and larger. They approach things in a different way. And I think as a communication tool, they just tend to serve that function much better when communicators are involved in their creation and and sort of own what they're doing there. So lots of interesting things. It's probably enough sort of COVID-related stuff right now. There are lots of things we asked that had nothing to do with COVID. But uh, there are, you know, always interesting stories that start to emerge from the data as we really get in and do the analysis. One of the interesting things to me was there were a couple areas where we saw some big steps forward over the last year by healthcare organizations but also reminders that as organizations step forward and start doing new things that, that they haven't been doing before, oftentimes those things are hard and have some challenges associated with them as well. One area there was web personalization. We saw a big uptick in the use of web personalization by healthcare organizations, particularly leading organizations. But when we ask if they believe that web personalization is improving their digital marketing performance, we got really mixed reviews. So, you know, 25% either agreed or strongly agreed that yes, personalization is definitely improving digital marketing performance. We actually had 38% who disagreed or strongly disagreed with that, right? So these new tools, these new technologies, they have a lot of potential, but they're hard. And the learning often comes by, by doing. Organizations can't just flip the switch and magically kind of level up their capabilities it takes a lot of work to really make these things deliver the full value that they, they potentially can bring to the table. Another area where we saw kind of a similar thing was ROI. You know, we've been talking about ROI for a long time, but a lot of organizations aren't really tracking it. They didn't have the tools. Well, we've seen a lot of implementation of CRMs and, and other tools that make that a little bit more uh, possible and really give uh, marketing organizations the capability to deliver on some of that from a, a tangible numeric standpoint. So we saw a big uptick in the number of organizations that were tracking ROI, which is a great thing and something that you know we, we're really excited about. But at the same time, we saw a big uptick in the number of organizations saying, well, we can measure ROI, but we're not sure it's necessarily positive. <laughs> Right. So, and, you know, they could still be having methodological issues. They may not be getting everything or may not be able to claim all the value they're creating and so forth. You know, all the challenges of measuring ROI in our space. But it may also be that some of what they're doing isn't delivering, you know, that hard ROI kind of number where we can directly connect an activity that we do in a, in a marketing context to a patient coming in the door. And to the extent that's important, like it, it needs to impact their strategy. And so uh, again, interesting things coming out of the number there, numbers there. Um, I will add this year, we asked some questions around if you're having challenges tracking ROI or demonstrating the ROI of your organization, you know, what is it that keeps you from doing that? And half of our respondents in that bucket said that they're not tracking ROI today because nobody's asking for it. So always fascinating insights in the data here. We also ask a lot about what the different digital capabilities of an organization are and how important those are to their success. And, you know, you typically score these things by, 
you know, assigning points to each of the different levels of importance that they, they do and you average it all out and it gives you just a ranked list of what's more important and what's less important. But sometimes when we look at the data different ways, it tells us different stories. So some of the items that may fall to the bottom of the list, I'm thinking particularly here about mobile apps and uh, AI chatbots, right? Near the bottom of the list this year, although mobile apps, I think, moved up a little bit. It's easy to conclude that, you know, those things at the bottom of the list are just kind of across the board, nice to haves, not rocking anyone's world. But uh, when we look at items that were only marked as sort of the most important, and that was, you know, this is a competitive differentiator for us. We just look at that slice of the data. Things looked surprisingly different. Uh, You know, certainly didn't push those things to the top of the list. But uh, it did put them very much in the middle of the pack. So, you know, it's interesting to see some of these emerging technologies. They have some real fans out there, folks who see them as being competitive differentiators. But the people who don't see them as competitive competitive differentiators right now are, are dismissive, right? People love them or people pretty much ignore them. Very little middle ground, very little middle ground. The other thing, and something that we've done throughout our surveys, we look at what leading organizations do and how they do things differently from everyone else. And organizations across the board in healthcare, they feel great about social media, they feel great about video production, they feel great about digital advertising. There's a set of things that across the board, healthcare organizations seem to feel pretty good about from their digital marketing perspective. Likewise, across the board, they feel pretty bad about things like intranets, CRM, marketing, marketing automation, mobile apps. When I look at where leaders are excelling, the, not necessarily their top-rated things, but the things where they most outpace everyone else, it's all about content, right? Content development, content marketing, SEO. It's not all about content. It's mostly about content. Digital strategy is another one of those. But you know, content is an area where they just outperform everyone by the widest margin. So you know, they, the old adage that uh, the content king, still absolutely true. Those were some of the, uh, my biggest sort of takeaways at this point, you know, some of the things that I thought would, would work well without me showing charts and graphs. Uh, it's always hard to, to tell data stories without being able to see the data. But if you are interested in the full report, uh, you can certainly go to geonetric.com, G-E-O-N-E-T-R-I-C.com. Uh, and of course, we'll put a, a link in the show notes as well. I'm glad that we have that link. We'll put that in the show notes, folks, so that you can get a, a get your hands on it yourself and see the full thing. And uh, let me dig into a couple of those, Ben. I, I think one of the interesting parts, one thing I have always enjoyed about the survey is how you do look at laggards versus industry leaders and how they prioritize differently. That part is always interesting to me because that is a behavioral thing. Like that's a behavioral trend in my mind to know where we're focusing, to know what is important because that leads to investments and that leads to talent and team structures. And so there's a lot that's kind of downhill from that mindset. And that's one reason I I always enjoy that part of it. We find it makes the report a whole lot more actionable, right? Understanding some average of what everyone's doing is interesting and it certainly has some good value to it. But understanding, you know, I'm at this stage and it might be I'm at, I'm at the laggard stage. What does it look like to become an average organization? Or I'm at the you know, average stage. What do leaders do differently that I might want to start focusing on in different ways? It really helps to, to take the data and turn it into something that people can, can move on. Yeah, exactly. 
Hey there, listeners. If you're all about listening to your website visitors to learn more about how to improve your website experience, then G-Site is for you. G-Site is a suite of digital improvement tools that capture the voice of the digital customer. Hi, I'm Rob Klein, co-founder of G-Site and founder and CEO of Klein & Partners, a market research and brand consulting firm dedicated to helping hospitals and health systems find their brand voice. I co-developed this service offering with the team at Greystone.net several years ago. G-Site helps you prioritize and focus your website improvement and enhancement efforts. It's a suite of solutions, including a pop-up website experience survey tool, a user-friendly dashboard and reporting tool, a user behavior tracking tool, expert consulting services, and more. What if I told you that 8% of your visitors have a new negative opinion of your brand after visiting your website? Now multiply that number by the total number of annual visitors. Does that number scare you? If so, go to www.graystone.net forward slash G site to learn more about how we can help and sign up for an introductory overview. Hope to speak with you soon. I remember using the survey myself when, when I was client side and, and looking at that and actually showing that to our leaders, you know, to help them understand, you know, where, why we wanted to make a decision and why we were recommending a certain direction. It's useful because it also tells us, and I'm glad you clarified, you know, when the data was taken place, when, you know, this isn't end of August data. And yet I think one trend still rings true for me very much. So no matter when it would have been taken is the fact that the leaders in our industry are taking some kind of action. They are not sitting back and waiting for consumer change to come to them to kind of, you know, bring this back up to a macro level. They are not, a leader in our industry is not sitting around waiting for the pandemic to be over so that they can go back to everything the way it was. They are actively looking for new ways new strategies, new directions, new ways to put these pieces together. They're actively looking at their data so they can even actually even answer that question, hey, where are your priorities? And they're actively looking at different scenarios and coming up with the best ways to do things. They just they they're not sitting around waiting for things to go back. And to me that that was a big takeaway from everything in, in the survey. And I kind of put that together and and say you know, that out of everything, if I had to summarize it, there's my action point. If I'm one of those that, that is just, uh, I've just been hammered this year. You know, I, I've had, you know, gone through these 14 hour days, seven days a week of, of crisis communications and crisis marketing, because there's a whole different state of being with crisis marketing of shutting off all your campaigns and then redoing all your creative and, you know, pointing, pointing things differently, standing up a whole microsite for COVID, a resource center or whatever, doing, doing all these crisis marketing pieces as well as the communications. I think we're all exhausted. <laughs> I, think, yes. I think we're all just wanting that part of it to be over. So there is a desire to say like, if there's anything that we can go back to, can it just be that there is some kind of steady state? I mean, I hear about it as the no normal, there's not a clear destination for where things are headed. And one thing that we've been trying to focus on here on the podcast is, you know, what do we do about that? And so I think this data simply reinforces to me that no matter how tired we are, we can look to each other and ask around. This, this survey is a great example of something we can ask each other about 
and have a community, a bigger community discussion about so we can figure this out together. No one knows it yet. There is no roadmap. There's, there's no roadmap. There's no playbook. So let's figure out what pieces we can. Let's share those together so that we can come to that next phase of whatever digital looks like in healthcare a little sooner and a little cleaner. And so to me, that all that say, the, the survey is a big piece of that. It helps us get there. Yeah. And I think that uh, the thought process has really started to shift from that, you know, just sort of crisis mode, how do we deal with what's going on right now today, to looking forward and seeing, you know, what are the opportunities presented by all of these shifts and changes that have gone on within our space? And I think for communicators in general, digital or traditional, I think we've, we've seen the role of marketing and communications within healthcare take a big step up. I think we've got more credibility I think the value is more clearly understood by a lot of senior leadership who may not have gotten that in the past. There certainly have always been leaders who have been on board and believe in it, but not universally. Uh, It seems like some of those opportunities are there. And I think one of the things we see here through the data is that leaders have been ahead of the game in terms of having that trust from the organization and from senior leadership, from having that credibility from the organization and senior leadership. And we're seeing the need for uh, some of those other entities, even though we've made progress, still having to really focus on how do I make sure that I am justifying all the things that I'm doing instead of being able to focus on just sort of the core goals that we think are important for the organization. You know, for instance, sort of the, the folks in the average cohort are much more focused on delivering on uh, financial metrics than leaders are. And you would think, hey, leaders have that, and most of them track it, and most of them are good at delivering that information. They feel like it's less important for them to have to deliver (laughs) on those financial metrics than organizations that are maybe a step behind that. So I I think there's really interesting opportunities for organizations. I think there's opportunities for departments. I think there's opportunities for individuals within all of this. But I, I do, I'm excited by the fact that the conversations have started to shift to look at, you know, now that there's sort of this reset on the board, how do we move forward in new and different ways? How does this shift the strategy? How does this maybe give us the opportunity to execute on things that the organization might not have been that open to in the past? We've seen this huge success with telehealth, for instance, organizations that you know, executed more in a couple of months this year than they'd originally envisioned in a five-year plan for telehealth uh, going into the crisis. The ability to move fast and execute quickly, the ability to do new and different things, and just, you know, the idea that consumers may actually want this stuff and prefer it, and it's not something that we're going to have to force them to do in all cases. I think really interesting opportunities for more meaningful, deeper digital transformation initiatives within healthcare where we've, you know, I think as an industry been a little bit behind. Yeah, I would second that. And I think that leads to great questions such as do we do it? Do our leaders see what's happened as a result of pausing our brand campaigns, you know, our brand advertising, for instance, like brand mass advertising. So our out of home, those billboards, all those things that we on the digital side have always kind of said, uh, well, there, there might be a better way. There might, there might be a better use of that marketing spend. Are our leaders understanding that now that once those things were paused, the value of the other things that we're doing? I think that, that's a question that, that a lot of folks are asking. Another one is, you know, are, is it 
Can we spend the time and invest the time and the talent to better use the CRM tools, the marketing automation tools that we've got to better understand these? It, it feels like a lot of health systems have. They've got a Maserati sitting in the garage and they, they only know how to you know, put it into second gear. So they're with their their digital tools, their digital marketing tools. So I think that's a good question that I'm that I'm hearing folks ask: is Hey, this this might be a good time. Let's make sure we can understand that that we we've got to ramp up and clarify and improve our performance marketing, and let's better understand the tools we've got to deliver those. And another question would be another one that's kept coming up has been: you know, can we lead with a better digital brand experience? So telehealth is a perfect example. Can we recognize our ability to make that be a competitive differentiator down the road? And the answer isn't an ad campaign that says, look, we have telehealth or virtual visits. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the experience itself. Is there some part of a telehealth experience that we can do that has less friction than health system XYZ down the road? And if so, like if we're starting to ask those types of questions instead of just, hey, how do we tweak the, the headlines in our campaigns? I think that sets us up for the future, uh, for a brighter future. And so those are some of the silver linings. You know, that, that's where I've, I've started to hear people go. And I love just li- seeing where all this leads. And I love seeing where the survey itself kind of fits into that. I, it's, it's already been a catalyst of conversation, people are starting to look at at the, the, the different pieces of the survey, the different questions that were asked, and and they're starting to ask different questions. And so, I love hearing that. I love seeing that happen, and I can't wait to see where it goes. And I, I Ben, I just want to thank you for giving us a few minutes today to, to kind of get us going in this direction and and really seeing where things go from here. My absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. All right, Ben. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, let us know for sure. Uh, you said the best way to get a hold of the survey yourself is at genetric.com? Genetric.com. And, uh, and again, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. I also want to thank you. Uh, you've, you know, in addition to the podcast, you were uh, one of our advisory board members. We do have an advisory board for the survey that has, you know, people in, in many different roles in the provider side and agencies and all kinds of different elements. Uh, and I really appreciated the feedback that you gave us throughout this. You know, it was an interesting year to just even figure out when is it okay for us to go out and start asking people <laughs> to take a survey. And I think, yeah, you know, in the absence of that advisory group, I think we would have been a little bit lost uh, sorting out how to how to navigate this this year. So thank you for, for your help and involvement uh, in that as well. Yes, happy to and, and delighted to be a part of that process, Ben. Thanks for giving us a few minutes and can't wait to talk to you again. Absolutely. Take care. Hey, thanks to Ben and thank you for listening. Don't forget to be a part of this new digital transformation. It starts by telling your friends and colleagues about this podcast. I sure hope you feel like this provided you some value in your life. And if so, I invite you to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and go tell your friends. Healthcare App is a member of the Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. It's podcasts and video series about shifting the way healthcare is experienced. Again, it's all for free and available on demand. So on behalf of Ben and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap.